Welcome back to the Digital Deep Dive show. Episode number nine of the show. We're almost at episode number 10. I don't know why 10, 50, and 100 are such big milestones in the podcast world, but that always seems to be sort of the keys. Uh, If you are new around here, the Digital Deep Dive show is all about showcasing incredible technology and the exceptional people building it, using it, and the impact it has on society at large. You can find the Digital Deep Dive show, also known as the Digital 3D show on all the social media, on PogPage. That's sort of like our hosting, you know, kind of website. You can also get it on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We repost the show over on YouTube now. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and have all episodes downloaded automatically. And if you are on the social tip, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Digital3DShow. Before jumping in, I want to remind the audience that all ideas, opinions are my own and not shared with by any other organization. All right, with that said, let's jump into episode number nine. So from a stories perspective, the first three stories are all about AI. Uh, Sorry, the first four stories are all about AI. Uh, The first one is really talking about two behemoths in the technology space, Microsoft and Salesforce. Obviously, Microsoft made headways a few days or a few weeks back with launching ChatGPT and the $10 billion on top of the $1 billion that they already spent on the tool. It has unleashed a frenzy of new startups that are either directly focused on generative AI or are highlighting their capabilities or their products capabilities to not necessarily mimic what ChatGPT can do, but to have some sort of generative AI function within it. The biggest being Salesforce, which informed the masses that uh, a nice set of quarterly earnings, uh, but uh, they also highlighted that they're going to start embedding it in their CRM solution, including Slack. So what does that really mean? Uh, sales, Salesforce clients will be able to exchange Slack messages with a ch- chat GPT chatbot-like solution that can show data from Salesforce. Newell tools will be drawing on open AI models that can write customer service responses and marketing content. So basically, I'm just hearing cost takeout, quicker time to market. And then like Microsoft, Salesforce is emphasizing the ability for people to review information produced with artificial intelligence before sharing it more widely. So you've got sort of a Uh, an eye in the sky. So why does this matter? So it's interesting to me that, uh, you know, Salesforce new AI driven features will help close deals faster and service customers more efficiently. Um, The biggest thing for me of just playing around with this is how will it be used from a workflow perspective? I know it's the tech, but how will the the users interact with it? And then how will you unlock the value as an individual, your core team and your company? And I think that's the biggest question in my mind is how all these different organizations will use this technology. I know every time I see a new piece of technology or a bolt-on, I always ask the you know two main questions. What does this uh, solve for me? 
and uh, you know how are you going to do this from a business process lens? And then the second question is, who has done it? How did they do it? And what lessons can we learn from them? So over time, it will be great to see how both Microsoft embeds this in their office ecosystem and Salesforce embeds it in their CRM solution. All right, going right from one Salesforce story talking about another one, on top of some fantastic earnings, Salesforce on Tuesday launched a $250 million venture capital investment fund targeting startups that are developing chat GPT-like technologies that can work with its business software applications. So why is this happening? Well, first of all, the street basically said to Salesforce, stop spending all the money on acquisitions, so they have to look for growth in other ways. Obviously, there's cost takeout and incremental revenue from sales of their existing platform. But by incubating or investing, they're hopefully going to be able to bring new products to market like Zoom, Snowflake, DocuSign, just to name a few that they've invested in. Also incubating those capabilities in-house and uh, then bringing those services to their existing client base. After uh, talking about Salesforce, we're jumping back to Microsoft. So we went Salesforce, Microsoft, Salesforce. Now we're into just Microsoft. So Bing, which is the browser you had never heard of or the search engine you'd never heard of or forgot about, just hit 100 million AU or active users. This is huge news for Microsoft. The Bing product I've used before, but it was always like my third browser. There was Chrome, Safari, and then Bing. And you know, I don't have the data, but uh, one would assume if they're advertising 100 million active users, that means they did not have many before. So why does this really matter? So not only is this going to give more stickiness to the Microsoft ecosystem, but it's really more of a disruptor to Google. You know, Google had such a stronghold on search and then as a result, a stronghold on their uh, ad uh, tech and ad buying, AdWord buying uh, solution where Google makes most of its money or the majority of its money. And with solutions like ChatGPT, you're no longer getting a search result that can be, uh, you know, uh, bombarded with ads either on the left or above or below. You're just getting the answer. And so, yes, this is causing people to go to Microsoft's Bing, but more importantly, it's pulling market share away from Google, which is just such an interesting tactic uh, from Microsoft. And uh, over time, Microsoft will, will likely find ways to monetize the chat GPT results within Bing. Uh, and it will be interesting to see how they do that. So the fourth story, uh, I promise there were four on AI, is Grammarly Go. So this week, Grammarly announced to the world that Grammarly Go, Grammarly's on-demand contextual awareness assistant powered by generative AI, will be launching in April. So the idea here is that, you know, Grammarly, you will be able to start writing something with a few prompts and then based on answering a few questions and potentially some sort of word uh, voiceover, you know, Grammarly will author you an email, a response, etc. So why does this really matter uh, to you? Well, Grammarly has been my go-to writing tool for years. If I'm writing something, I'm typically analyzing it in Grammarly. The addition of ChatGPT has only added a step into my personal workflow. 
in the sense that I know go chat GPT, then Grammarly, then personal scan and edit, then send or post. The fact that I might be able to skip the step from chat GPT or that Grammarly can kind of start to know my voice and write on how I typically would do this would be fantastic for email, Slack, text, and obviously for social posting. So if you are not a Grammarly customer, I highly recommend it. Since using Grammarly, I don't know, the last five, six years, my writing proficiency has gone up. It catches all the uh, misspellings and poor grammar and punctuation. And more importantly, when I'm like really tired, it's just very helpful uh, to write uh, or be a second set of eyes again. All right. So the last story from the news perspective is not about AI. It's about Jitterbit acquiring Zudi to expand the application development capabilities. So Jitterbit acquired Judy earlier this week. It's a leading no-code, low-code application development platform for enterprise organizations. Terms and uh, the deals were not disclosed, but uh, you know how I think about it is Jitterbit is an iPaaS solution, and they've had different capabilities before for low-code and no-code. And with the continued focus on just operational efficiencies, I think the uh, the joke is Mark Zuckerberg coined 2023 as the year of efficiencies. But uh, while that's just a bad joke on, on Mark, um, the, the biggest thing I'm seeing in organizations is trying to be more efficient and more effective with the tools they have and, and using automation and just low-code workflows. And uh, I'll be interested, you know, to use uh, Zudi. And uh, I think I said Judy before, but it's Zudi. Uh, and see how it will work nicely with Jitterbit and connecting application and data between systems and having that all sort of work seamlessly. So if you are less familiar with Jitterbit and you've never heard of Zudi, go to jitterbit.com and you can check out both. All right, moving from national news, let's talk about my hometown of Chicago. So ebook reader Red Shelf raises $15 million. I am not sure if this is part of their Series A or Series B. I'm guessing it's a small Series B, but uh, I could be wrong. So this is an online marketplace that students can purchase or rent digital textbooks needed for their courses. And the key takeaway here was, was a, you know, a combination of this is great tech and ed tech is continuing to become some area that I'm interested in just because the world of higher education really hasn't evolved much in the last 30, 40 years other than you can zoom in. The same sort of process and approach has basically stayed the same, but the cost has skyrocketed rocketed. The second piece was uh, I have a five-year-old and you know I was talking with uh, my wife and we were wondering if kids still buy textbooks and then if you have to sort of wrap them with the grocery store bags or not. So it was just a coincidence we were just talking about this last week and then I saw the news pressing. Um, so you know for me it's going to be interesting how these companies continue to drive value and uh, you know from a user standpoint I like a physical book uh, just from a note-taking standpoint, but then I hate carrying it. So solutions like Red Shelf have always been of interest to me uh, just in terms of e-readers and note-taking. So I'm going to jump in and, and check out uh, Red Shelf and let you guys know what I think. 
So moving from the Chicago spotlight over to my podcast feature. So this is where I feature another person's podcast, more specifically a single episode. And uh, I listen to quite a few uh, shows with Kara Swisher. Well, I should say two. One is on with Kara Swisher, which is predominantly her uh, moder- or moderating some sort of interview. And the other is Pivot, where uh, she co-hosts that with Scott Galloway. Well, this uh, episode was with Salesforce CEO uh, Mark Benioff, and it was really interesting to just listen to uh, an interview of two people who clearly know each other on a personal level, one obviously being the interviewer and the interviewee. And, you know, Mark sort of messes with her throws her off her, her game a little bit throughout there, or tries, I should say, to throw her off a game during the, the interview. But she has some really good questions, and kudos to Mark as a very well-polished CEO and how he handled some of those questions um, and just really refocused the conversation to where he wanted it to be from a narrative perspective. I think a lot of us can learn. I know I certainly can learn on, on how to do that in a really eloquent manner. But, uh, you know, Salesforce hit fantastic numbers uh, this quarter, and they've uh, divested, or I shouldn't say divested, they've shut down their M&A team, and they've just spent $250 million into venture funds. So, it looks like all signs are pointing to Salesforce is moving in the right direction. If you have never listened to Kara Swisher before, she is a very, um, I wouldn't say opinionated, but she is, but a very direct uh, interviewer. And I always appreciate uh, how she jumps in on questions and, and doesn't really let the uh, interviewee off the hook. So um, enjoy this one. In terms of digital deep dive, uh, you know, if you go to LinkedIn where I post the show, you're going to see a ton of information that I've captured both in terms of infographics and PowerPoints. But uh, it's really talking about how Spotify is continuing to invest dollars, capabilities, and features into podcasting. I am obviously a podcaster. I have been for 20 years and continue to be amazed by how these organizations are adding more and more features to this platform. It's just becoming easier to create, to publish, to monetize, to monitor, like, you know, just everything about podcasting is getting better and better. The one thing that I am desperate for, and desperate is probably too strong, but I create content and I would love for the AI to listen to my 20, 30, one hour long podcast and then create a bunch of shorts for me in terms of audio. I'd love it to integrate with my Canva and listen to the topics that I've talked about and using maybe pre-built templates, create artwork with you know key messages and, and words. So I'm looking for the chat GPT slash integration slash automation uh, solution that it can take my audio and build, you know, 40 assets for each social channel, for each learning style. So that's auditory, that's video, that's infographics, that's text, etc. But uh, clearly Spotify is very excited about podcasts. 
I host this show through Anchor, which is one of their companies, and I think they've actually rebranded it to Spotify Podcast based on just logging in before the show. I have to double-click into that. But uh, if you haven't checked out Spotify's uh, admin tools and you want to be a podcaster, I highly recommend it. It was super easy, nice, tight integration, easy workflow, etc. Okay, rounding out the stories, jumping into in-real-life events. So I'm going to be at the Taste of Innovation in Chicago on March 21st. It is at Chicago Shakespeare Theater. We will be uh, spotlighting innovation in the ever-changing world of food. And then I'm heading down to Indy or Indiana uh, to Indianapolis for the quarterly update from Start Something Ventures. This is the venture group hosted by Mike Kelly of Developer Town. Mike's a longtime friend. Looking forward to going to my first event with Start Something Ventures and getting to know and meet everyone that uh, I'm on the BCC emails with. So putting uh, the name to the other side of the BCC emails will be pretty fun. Uh, And that wraps it up for the show. Uh, I hope everyone has a lovely weekend. It is snowing here in Chicago, but it is pretty warm, so I'm pretty happy. Spring is around the corner. And don't forget to like, follow, subscribe to the show. Check us out on all major podcast platforms. And we'll catch you on episode number 10 of the show. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you like our new theme music. If you don't, point me to something better. Thanks for tuning in.